on maynard.com.au. AU! Stay away from the windows, because it's Bunga Bunga 73. Oh my god! That's Tim Ferguson with his head down. And that is Maynard with his head screwed on. We're coming to you live from Tim Ferguson's Fortress of Arrogance. There are some who call me Tim. You can tell by the number of chandeliers in one room that it really is quite overreaching. You've got new floor covering. New floor covering, and I'm sure the canny listener would be able to hear it echo, echo. What did you do with the old floor covering? I gave it to a homeless guy. Bugger. Because I was going to say, that homeless guy could have been me. I would have had the second-hand carpet. I don't care what the dog's done. But if you're walking down Parramatta Road and you see a very nice guy who is for 30 metres living on carpet, then you'll be able to know where it came from. Good on him. He's probably wearing your carpet as a sort of a Liberace tribute outfit. I've come up with a new idea for government, in fact, regarding the homeless. There should be a homeless welfare allowance, and there isn't one. Governments never talk about that. They talk about lack of employment, okay, and they talk about health, and they talk about this and that, but they never say you're homeless. Oh, right, well, here's a grand a week to help you get by and rent something. They do have rent assistance, but if you're homeless, uh, null and void, really. Let's start pushing people. We should come up with something that governments give homeless people that they don't have apart from a home, which is just hot cash. On today's Bunga Bunga 73, you'll hear... What are you doing in my house? You'll hear Tim say this... Even if it was a series of fart jokes, it was technically funny. And, of course, we won't be getting away from here without the sound of this. Now... And Maynard, you promised never to play this piece of music after this one last time. Uh -uh. Let's hear it one more time. Don't go, don't go, stay, because it's time for Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what's been happening with you? Well, I've been writing a book on how to perform stand-up comedy, how to write stand-up comedy. In fact, it's not really about performance. I mean, anybody can tell you, just go out there and just talk and, and just try to be yourself, whoever the hell that is. But how do you write it? How do you put one word after the other? So I'm writing a book to answer everybody's questions. Strangely, there are not many books in the topic around the world. A couple from America, one from the UK. But this is a whole new way of doing it. Is there such a thing as that very rare? But is there someone who is a natural, someone who seems to know how to tell a story to an audience almost without any learning? Well, that's you, Maynard. That would be me, yes. (laughs) But it's only two stories. There's you and the one, the time the dog pooed. And that's only two stories I've got. Uh... Fantastic. I think the thing with telling a funny story, it's a bit like making a documentary about a topic. You've got to bring your personality to it, as opposed to just sort of saying, well, here it is, and there it is, it's this tall, and it's covered in bats. It's better to say, wow, this is my personality, and I'm blown away, and it's covered in, wait for it, bats. Who's one of the performers you've had your eye on recently on the Australian scene as far as stand-up comedy goes? Anyone new or a classic? I think Anne Edmonds is quite an amazing comedian, quite extraordinary, very funny. Look her up on the internet. You'll be able to see her special on Stan, Anne Edmonds, incredibly funny stuff. Nice to be here. I did the lockdown with my partner. Um, mm. 
Is someone just whooping because I got a boyfriend? Thank you. We've been together for two years. After that lockdown, feels like we're about to celebrate our golden jubilee. I never want to see him again. Okay. Um, no, look, to be honest, we probably only came unstuck about twice during the lockdown, both of which were my fault. I am the problem in the relationship. Thank you. And it's a role I take really seriously. They're always threatening to leave. Good luck when you're only allowed out of the house for an hour. I'll call the cops. He left at 10.45, Constable, wearing a disgusting tracksuit and Ugg boots. <laughs> He'll tell you it's a milk stain on the front, but it isn't. And there was a friend of yours, she's now living in England, does writing for Channel 4 now, uh, your friend that was a lawyer. Alice B. Fraser. Yeah, she's doing writing for the news quiz and all sorts of stuff. She's doing great guns in the, uh, in the UK. Hello. Hello. Take a brief moment uh, to pay uh, homage to all of the the real victims of the pandemic, which were the people who had just had their lips done and Botox, uh, had to hide their beautiful mouths behind a mask while struggling to express anything. And Alex J is very very funny, very absurdist. Get onto it, people. She's hilarious. I reckon secretly, deep down, my boyfriend, like, loves my anxiety. You know, I mean, he's never said anything to indicate that at all. Uh, if anything, it's been the exact opposite. But if I'm reading between the lines, I reckon secretly, deep down, he loves it. You know, I reckon he's like, oh, yeah, babe, like, be more anxious, you know? Like, right, you know? What are those eggshells? Let me walk on the... Yeah. And you've recently been talking about how to write scripts for comedy as well. Let's just say, okay, you've got yourself a really hot stand-up show. How do you convert that into a script for television without just standing in front of the camera and doing your stand-up show? That's not as easy as one would think. No, because you've got to make yourself a funny character. And sometimes, you know, a, a stand-up comedian isn't the one who's the one to laugh at. Uh, if you look at, you know, say a Ricky Gervais live show, he doesn't think Ricky Gervais is funny at all. He thinks what he's talking about is funny. He can't see what we can see, which is a portly Englishman who has an opinion. The great thing about Ricky Gervais' hosting of shows is he comes at it from the perspective, this is what people are saying at home. It works because it connects with the audience. Of course, all the actors in the room are outraged, but they're actors who cares about their feelings. And just check on Mainland International Studio news here. Hang on a minute. Uh, no, no paid gigs in the foreseeable future. Nothing booked. Really? <laughs> Hang on, have a look again. No. Why are you wearing all that paper on your body? I wanted to ask you before. As a sound effect. Sure, it doesn't look great, but it sounds great. Look, I'll just stroke my thigh. That's mm. good. Now... Let's open the Crank Mail, Tim, where you get to write to us at our website, at our Facebook page. It's Crank Mail. Crank Mail, Crank Mail, Crank Mail. Tim, what's that pissing noise there? I'm sorry. That was just me just pissing. After 73 episodes, if you can't let one rip, when can you? Hey, exactly. Better out than out. And someone who has put it out there, Sky Boots, she's uh, sent in this bit of crank mail. Is there such a thing as somebody with absolutely no sense of humour? That's a very good question. Very philosophical. Medically, yes. There are mental conditions where people either 
don't recognize humor, but figuratively, absolutely, there are people without a sense of humor. I wrote a character once called Mayflower, TV executive, who says at a meeting, my mind is completely open about a specific range of things. I think there are some people who find entire topics not funny, and that's a real problem, because there is no topic that you can't laugh at, if only because you're laughing at the perpetrator. Is it possible that maybe they have a sense of humour, it's just different from everyone else's, and it could, could that still be described as a sense of humour? Well, yeah. If you look at a performer like Paul Livingstone, whose sense of humour is kind of above and beyond anybody's understanding until we hear it, everybody's got a sense of humour like a thumbprint. But there are some people who do struggle to actually spontaneously laugh because their heads are up their asses. <laughs> And is it possible to describe to those people that this thing you think is not funny is actually funny, which you've had to confront in doing your shows? You've had people complain going, oh, I didn't think that was funny. It's hard to say, well, yes, it is, isn't it? Yes, I read a, a comedy review once in Melbourne, can you believe it, where the person said the show wasn't funny despite the fact the audience guffawed like hyenas. It's like, well, then it's not funny to you, you gormless pillock, to somebody else, even if it was a series of fart jokes, it was technically funny because someone laughed at it. <laughs> Crank mail. Next one's from Jessica, and she wants to know, if one synchronised swimmer drowns, do the others drown too? Another <laughs> existential issue. <laughs> if one drowns, then they all drown. You've got to work as a team, people. That's, right. That's our two crank mail questions. Fairly philosophical, weren't they? Oh, yeah, very deep, which is, in our intellectual kiddie pool, always a bit of a stretch. And what we are stretching right now is Maynard's bug-out bag. That's where I have a bag that at a moment's notice I grab it and leap out the window in case of an emergency and go hide in the garage. But what do I have in that bag this week? Tim does his voiceover. What's in Maynard's bug-out bag? <laughs> You sure that wasn't the dog doing the voiceover? Well, it felt like it. What I've got this time, it's a DVD in a wonderfully lime green fluoro Harry candy bag. Look at that. It's Gumby, five volumes of Gumby episodes from the 80s. What do you reckon, Tim? This is the best picnic I've ever had, Gumby. Yeah, this is good food too. Now, let's go exploring, Okay. Oh, I like to explore. Yeah, but explorers sometimes get in trouble. Let's be more positive, or we'll miss out on a lot of fun. I think that's fantastic. The help of his friends Pokey, Prickly, and Goo. You reckon they're just taking the piss here and they're just making some things up? Oh, he's great friend. Well, if you have to write the blurb on the back of a DVD and you've never seen the show, you'll say anything. This does give me a chance to play a track off a very rare CD I've got, which is the Gumby album. A whole bunch of people doing tributes to Gumby. Here's a bit of Jonathan Richmond. Well, sometimes I'll see something kind of kooky and wonder why it's affecting me spooky. Silent or strange or I don't understand it. Weird or weird like it's from some planet Reminding me of something that I've already known Aha, this is kind of like a gummy episode 
One day as I went walking by the Erisichrotron, I saw the workers working with their uniforms on. Oh, so silent, standing around. Like the statues, not one sound. The truck like a Tonka toy there in the road. Just like something from a Gumby episode. And I like Gumby. Yeah, I like Gumby episodes, especially certain episodes. And I still remember the spooky parts. He still remembers It's hard to put down Gumby. Gumby. Such a great character, so many layers, so many layers. That's what's in my bug out bag, overflowing with Gumby DVDs. It's time to be serious. Real adult stuff now. A historical hypothetical where we put Tim Ferguson into a place in history and ask him, so, what would you have done, smartass? Are you ready, Tim? Not at all, Maynard. Not at all. The year 1766. That I knew 1766 would come back. The place, Nottingham, England. The home of some of the worst nightclubs in the known universe. This just in, at the annual Goose Fair, a mob has formed and they're angry with the excessive price of cheese. The group, mostly women and children, they seized the cheeses and began wheeling or carrying them away. The mayor attempts to restore order, but unfortunately he was knocked down by someone rolling a cheese. Two or three of the crowd were arrested... So then the crowd got really shitty and attacked the local jail till the two people that had been arrested for stealing cheese were released. Things got even further out of hand when the army arrived. <laughs> and serious clashes with the cheese rioters occurred, with soldiers repeatedly firing at the crowd, killing one William Eggleston by accident as he attempted to guard some of the cheese. Next time, say, no, officer, I was guarding the drugs. On the Saturday, the rioting continued and the crowd seized a boatload of cheese that was at the dock, Tim. Several hundred people then attempted to burn a windmill. Just sounds like they were doing that for shits and giggles, really. And eventually retreated from the soldiers who'd been sent to defend the windmill and the cheese. Pretty bad situation there going on in uh, Nottingham in 1766, 2nd of October, in fact. Tim, how would you have stepped in and made that situation somehow better? Well, I would have brought toast, Maynard, toast, so that you could make melted cheese on toast. So if anything bad happened and there was a fire, say... A windmill caught on fire? Yeah, yeah, and people had flaming torches. You could all put your cheese on the fire and everybody could eat it together in peace. Tim Ferguson inventing cheese on toast and saving the great cheese riot of 1766. Nottingham. I told you the nightclubs were crap. (laughs) Tim Ferguson's historical hypothetical. He goes into history and makes it else. Goodbye. Tim, it's been a big show. A lot's happened there. You've patted the dog, if you know what I mean. Oh, by the way, um... Kittler hasn't recently been seen near a bridge in the Crimea, has he? Well, yes, he's a very naughty boy. Tim Ferguson's right reply, where Tim gives you a piece of his mind, and may I say a piece he can barely spare, gives you a right of reply to a question nobody asks. We're going to tell you what's on our mind. What we really want to say is this. 
Don't expect too much. Tim. Everybody laughs at Peter Dutton just because of the way he talks, looks, acts, and thinks. It's not fair. Enough, people. Enough, because he moves quite well, just his neck from side to side. Peter Dutton has been mocked mercilessly because of who he is and what he believes, and I think that's just the left doing what they do. If I was working with the Labour Party, I would begin every meeting by saying, don't underestimate this guy. He might just get there. Because there's something about the man they call the potato, which is that he never openly loses his temper. He just seems a little bit annoyed. People can mistake that for stability. If you're still making jokes like that's good for Dutton, or there's Dutton to see here, Dutton to see here, move away, stop it, because he'll be writing it down in his black book. You think he's a bit like an Australian version of Dick Cheney? He's a bit of a dark lord there. Yeah, and he's been there, he's been thinking about it for a long time, now he's got the top job. No one's going to knock him off, they're all too scared of him. I reckon uh, we could be looking at Prime Minister Dutton within two and a half years, and you might be thinking, that's outrageous, but that's because... You watch the ABC, and if you hear someone say, like, I was watching Channel 9, you go, no, you got to get out of your bubble because Big Pete may be coming through the gap. It's Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. Tim, 73 shows like this. I think we've talked about Peter Dutton on every single one. <laughs> there are so many Dutton jokes. We'll be back for Bunga Bunga 74. You can contact Tim at cheekymonkeycomedy.com or Real Tim Ferguson on Twitter. Drop into the Bunga Bunga Facebook page if you want to give us some crank mail. We might get back to you, hopefully. Let's dance out of here as we always do and let's have some fun, Tim. Fun. You remember that, dear listener. Oh, yeah. You're a hot foot. Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga.
you have to help me. You have to get up here and dance. You have to get up. Come on. Come on, help me. That was just me just pacing. <laughs> On Maynard.com.au. Hey, you! Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.